0: Have you always wanted to start your own business? Do you have an innovative idea or an invention, but just don't know how to turn it into a company? Are you already in business and need some help growing? The BRF's Entrepreneurial Accelerator Program can help. At EAP, we work alongside you, helping you with things like financial modeling, funding strategy, pitch preparation, and marketing strategy. So what are you waiting for? Go to EAPLA.com today and set up a time to talk with our team. Let EAP help you launch or grow your business in North Louisiana today.
1: Welcome back to On the Cusp. My co-host Matt Snyder is back with me. And with us today is one of our EAP portfolio companies, uh, SBCC and retired General Gerald Goodfellow. Thanks for coming on.
0: Well, thank yeah. you, Dave, I thank you, Matt. I'm happy to be on, that's for sure.
1: Well, definitely, and um, tell us a little bit about yourself and and your company because you're really unique, okay, in that you're a veteran-owned company and we don't see those a lot in right.
0: Tripport. Was in the Air Force for about 30 and a half years. Um, was was stationed out at Global Strike Command um, here in the Shreveport-Bossier area, and um, you know um, after 30 and a half years, I decided to retire, and um, you know I looked around and I saw a lot of opportunity based on, you know, just the defense need. You know there was a lot of need to to bring new capabilities into what Global Strike Command was doing. Um, it was a really friendly community. Um, it, in, in terms of starting a business. And, um, you know, most of that was, you know, actually through an organization you run called the Entrepreneur Accelerator Program. I was able to come down here and, you know, talk to you and John George, I remember, and you gave me like almost the full day to discuss what I was looking at doing. And you said, okay, we're gonna help you all we can. And um, and you did, you know, and, um, you know, my whole business idea was, um, you know, the, the, believing that we could bring greater technologies, um, better technologies for the nation's defense, you know, into government at, a, at an increased rate of speed, something, you know, faster than government right. could do it by itself. And so that was the idea of the company, and that's that's what we started doing. And, you know, it, it was fairly easy to get a business going here with regard to, you know, part of that was my expertise mm-hmm. in, in working with the military. But, you know, I had no real you know, small business expertise, but I found an organization in, in BRF and EAP that, that had that. And, you know, so I could get the mentoring I needed on that end. And it just, you know, it started and kind of took off. And how many employees do you have now? Two years in. Yeah, about two years and five months in. And we have um, probably about 45 full-time equivalent people, you know, that You know, kind of if we were to do it that way, you know, if you work, you know, if there's 2,080 hours in a year, I got about, you know, I got about 45, 40, 45 people, I guess it would times 2,080 hours, but all together, but, you know, we live in a gig economy, right? So So. I have a whole bunch of people that work anywhere from a few hours a month, you know, to, you know, that, that, you know, we're paying to for their expertise uh, to people who are working full time. But it's a, when you add that all together, the full and part timers, we have about 101 people that are working with with our company or for our company. However and I like to tell
1: it. people you're
0: paying state income tax in how many states? I think right now we have so um, 19 um, states in the District of Columbia We're paying payroll taxes. But the biggest payroll that the. the, the Place where we have actually the most right. employees in the company is here in Louisiana. Right, in
1: Louisiana, you yeah. you picked that because you could have picked. You had the opportunity to pick a lot of locations. We did. Okay, and and you felt Shreveport was the right place for your
0: company. I, I did. You know, for the headquarters of the company, um, there was a lot of reasons, and I just discussed um, those reasons. But I knew we were going to go to other places too, and we have. So we've got a, a, an office now, for lack of a better way to describe it, a number of people working in San Antonio, Texas that are working for Air Education Training Command. We're doing stuff for them. Um, we're, we're getting ready to start another organization. Um, at hopefully, you know, later in the year with Air Mobility Command. And, uh, you know, we're looking at, you know, ultimately I think we'll be in about five different places. That are basically accelerating technology, mm-hmm. and um, you know that's our goal is to accelerate technology for the military.
2: Yeah. So when you looked at where you wanted to start this, what were the top? What were your top reasons to choose to do it here?
0: When you retire, um, and I retired as a general officer for, from the Air Force. Um, they send you to a little course, you know, that because, that, you know, believe it or not, <laughs> ger- general officers, um, you know, all they've ever wanted to do is be in the military. It's all they've <laughs> ever done. It's like, hey, how do you transition out? So they actually have a really it's called a transition assistance course. Right. They send you to and it's it's actually a really That's good awesome. course that they put you through. You know, it's like a week long and it's like, hey, here's the things you should be thinking about. And there's people in there that are thinking they'll do everything From, you know, starting their own businesses to, you know, going to work for some company or, you know, you know, full up retiring. Mm -hmm. Because most people at that point really, really can with their military retirement, full up retire. But most people, you know, because you're still fairly young, even after me, after 30 years in the military is only 52 years old. Right. And um, they tell you you should think of three things, you know, when you go into retirement or what's the most important of these three things. It's is it where you want to live? Do you, do, do you want your job to have a lot of meaning? So is it what you do, where you live, what you do? Or is it, you know, making the most money that you can? And they say, those are kind of the three things you got to figure out. Which one of those is most important to you? And for me, what I do was the most important. You know, I, I always said, look, as long as my wife is with me, I can live anywhere. You know, I mean, we're, we're, we're friends, we're close. And we've lived in some great places. We lived in some no, not so great places. <laughs> but as long as she's with me, I was good. So it didn't matter where we lived. She feels the same way. And I really, you know, the Air, I had a retirement check from the Air Force. So I knew, you know, I could live. You know, I didn't really have to have a high paying job. And so you know, how much money I made didn't really matter to me, but what I did matter to me. And I I believe there was something that I could do that would help the nation's defense if I was able to do it. And, you know, it took me a little over a year from the time I retired to decide um, that, hey, I needed to go out and start a business and be the guy who makes decisions in that business in order to have the impact I was hoping to have. So it was all about the job. And it just so happened that I believe Shreveport-Bosier area was the best place I could do that based on, you know, um, what I knew was going on, like, at Global Strike Command. You know, so it was a a no-brainer, actually.
2: Gotcha. Okay, cool. Yeah, and that doesn't happen for a lot of people. We always talk about that the military services from an outsider seem to, there seems to be a whole lot of opportunity there that's not being fully taken advantage of the servicing of Barksdale, I guess, in general.
0: Yeah, I, and I think you're you're right, Matt. You know, um, th- there's there's a, a thing we're we're actually working on, and I, I think the good thing about it is the the Barksdale Air Force Base leadership, I should say, the Global Strike Command leadership. You know, the generals in Global Strike Command starting at the very top with with General Boussier and you know General Armagas comes ultimately to mind they got a new guy coming in to be the guy who really does look at capabilities a guy by the name of General Ty Newman and these are these are really good guys right and um mm-hmm. they they are really interested in bringing the best technologies to the warfighter right so it, and it just so happened that you know they had a group of generals there that you know, that I knew for a fact wanted to bring the best capability to the war fighting mission that Global Strike Command does, right? We they believe deeply that what we do is a thing that has um, has, you know, created peace for the world. To be honest, you know, people don't talk much about nuclear deterrence anymore, but it is the thing that has brought peace to the world for almost the last 80 years now. Mm-hmm. Right. I always say, God forbid, you know, that we ever have a nuclear war. But I'll tell you what you, you have to be able. The only way to deter a nuclear war is through a through a you know through your own nuclear war capabilities. Right. I believe within Global Strike Command. I mean, our job is to make sure that that nuclear deterrent is ready every second of every day. You know, we we, we have to make sure it works. You know, um, that that if if we decide we're gonna you know, launch a nuclear weapon, for instance, again, God forbid. But if we ever have to do that, if it's ever ordered that it's in fact going to happen, they're going to go where they're supposed to go, and um, and more importantly, you know, if you if if you're if you really think your your primary job day to day is deterrence, the enemy has to believe all that stuff is going to work, and they're not going to be able to you know use some cyber capability to keep those missiles from coming out of the silos, or some cyber capability from you know not having those missiles hit the target or you know, some cyber capability that keeps a B fifty two from taking off. You know, those and those are real threats today. Wow. And those guys are you know, those guys were really interested in making and there's so much that goes into that, you know, from training the airmen to um, to, to having the best equipment. having the most up-to-date technology right and they were interested in all of those things and i happen to know that that sounds
1: like a lot of opportunity when you Uh, say that opportunity everywhere and and people don't don't look at it that way and it's everything from a better training platform all the way to new technology for intercontinental ballistic missiles because you know we the brf when you know when we look at air force global strike command embarks air force base you know, we're all about economic development. We want every possible business that's providing technology to the Air Force, we want them located here. Yeah, you know, And that's what motivates yeah. motivates us, doing that.
0: Yeah, so so, Dave, it, it was just, you know, it happened to be that I was here and I saw all this opportunity that existed here. You know, I don't know if I was unique in that or not, you know, I, you know, entrepreneurs come in all different flavors. You know, I had yeah. this, this big background in the military, so I knew a lot about the military. So obviously, you know, it was very natural for me to say, I know where I can believe I can help make the military better, right? But I, I had a guy ask me, he had just, it's a young guy. He's like 26 years old. He's a, he's a son of a really close friend of mine. And, uh, but, you know, he's interested, his dad is gonna do some part-time work f- with with my company. And so he was in addition to being an airline pilot, he's working part time with my company. His dad is, but he's you know he's very interested in what his dad's going to do with my company. We're talking about it. And at some point, his son, this very smart guy, he says, so what is what's the most surprising thing you found out after getting out of the military? His dad is just retiring, you know, and he's kind of they've had an Air Force life as a family. He says, "So, what's the what, what is what is the most surprising thing that's happened to you?" And I don't know where the answer came from, but it came instantaneously, and it was the right answer. I said, "The most surprising thing to me is all the opportunity. It seems like every day, everywhere I look, there's opportunity to do something that's gonna that's gonna that, a business thing, right? Mm-hmm. If, if, and 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 it's it you're able to do it." So. In the yeah, air. you have
2: such a unique lens yeah that other people don't have from being in the military that way so, yeah. so that's an interesting that feels like how you get more things being developed for yeah. the military Matt,
0: I wonder you know we all we all come up with different experience and different educations right you know I certainly wasn't ready to be an entrepreneur for instance when I was in my 20s you know I didn't know enough about anything probably right. to have been an effective That's the only reason right. I'm a
2: successful entrepreneur yeah. because I started when I knew nothing and yeah, just yeah. jumped around, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. doing you great, giant yeah. crazy you stuff. <laughs> <as you laughs> so yeah.
0: I'd be scared to death to do any of that. Right? right. I, I get what you're talking about, Matt. <laughs> um, and um, so it was less scary for me actually because I, I you know, I I, I kind of knew some things, right? But but I I wonder if, if if that's when I tell that guy, hey, it was all the opportunity. Is that the way i made up you know um because i i don't know that i saw that opportunity in the military i must have i did okay in the military so maybe the opportunity was just different but there was opportunity on the outside that i never could have acted on in the military because there would have been like a legal conflict of interest or you know i had insider information something right and um when i got out of the air force it was like hey you know, a lot of that stuff no longer existed, right? And so I would say, oh, there's an opportunity. No, I, as a business person, I can act on that right. opportunity. And, you know, it's legal and there's no conflict of interest, all those kinds of things that were maybe, I never, I guess I wasn't looking at it from a business right. perspective, but it, but, so I don't know, Matt, you tell me, you're, you, you talked about, you know, uh, you, you just told a funny story, right? But, but, you as an entrepreneur, do you within your field of entrepreneurship, do you see opportunity all the time?
2: Oh, tons, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a culture guy. Yeah. So I'm always looking at what I'm seeing in other places and what, and can it fit in our right. environment. And I'm always coming and fighting Dave on, we need more culture and we need more And I'm events. more jobs. And I'm Dave's telling oh, I mean, me we need more jobs, and that's kind you of want culture, thing. <laughs> You want culture,
1: you generate jobs, you'll get all the culture you want. Yeah, you my, need, okay. my
2: biggest thing is is not overdoing all the, you know, seeing so many opportunities. I think Shreveport has a lot of opportunities and some of them get filled and, you know, but there's always more. We always kind of lag. I mean, the long-term saying has been Shreveport-Bosier has been X amount of years behind Dallas. So, I mean, you take a trip or two to a city, you can come back with plenty of opportunity ideas. It's just figuring out which ones are going to work in our market is what I work with a lot.
1: And for me as an accelerator, I'll tell you, and everybody in, you know, EAP and the BRF kind of has the same approach. Our job is not to tell you your idea is a bad idea. If you see opportunity, then our job is to help you develop an offering and a way to reach that opportunity, get to that market, make it happen. I don't ever want to be the guy. Or the organization that says, oh, you're never going to be able to launch that business or anything like that. You won't hear that from us. What we want is, you know, people like you and Matt in Shreveport that see opportunity and then they don't worry about the obstacles. Okay, because if you let people throw all the obstacles up in front of you. Well, you'll never move forward because you can't you can't breach them. You you can't get there.
0: You know, it's the same. You know, now you're talking about leadership. It, it, you know, so in the military, I used to say, you know, if you want to do something and you start to do it, there's always going to be at least one person who's going to try to stop you from doing it. It's going to say it's a bad idea. They're going to say, hey, you're in my lane. You're 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 in whatever. And what's interesting is I I I did meet a lot of people that. You know, they they would stop at the first no. And then I met a lot of people that not only didn't stop at the first no, they stopped at the, you know, they never stopped, you know, and they heard, you know, dozens of no's, but they never stopped and they got it done. Right. And I suspect it's the same for entrepreneurs. You know, um, you know, obviously some entrepreneurs succeed and some entrepreneurs fail. But if I were to give somebody you know my best advice on on something like this i'd say look if you are following your passion if you're passionate about what you're trying to do you know and i and I, I work with companies you know we've got about 40 companies we work with all the time and i i you know i have you know i'm working with a company and there's like you know the, the ceo of the company is an mit graduate mechanical engineer and i think he's got about seven other mit mechanical engineers and all day long, those guys, what they think about is how are we going to lift something better? You know, like lift heavy things mm-hmm. better. And uh, you know, they're and and they're doing it. They're selling a bunch of stuff on the commercial market. We're looking at them on how we might load bombs quicker onto airplanes. These kinds of things. But those guys are passionate about lift. Of all, yeah. you know, right. I, I should say of all things, I I kind of get it. They they really get a high from saying, look at this thing that we can this this. New to this technology, we're working. You know, all belt driven, no hydraulics, all those kinds of things. And look at how much better it lifts yeah. a bomb. And um, you know, and oh by the way, you know, when we put this technology on the back of a loading truck, we don't have to keep the loading truck idling like they you always see in the big right. cities. They're idling, and it's actually the lift mechanism that charges the batteries. You know, the up and down actually charges the batteries of what That's they're doing. That's a different you know. way of looking at yeah, it. Yeah, you know, it? and um, they're passionate about lift. So I I would tell you know, if you're an entrepreneur and you're not passionate about what you're doing, I don't know how you do that. I'm sure there's yeah, people that exist yeah, like yeah, that, but I, just I don't know either. how they do it. You know?
2: That's why I think entrepreneurs like even if they don't hit on that idea, yeah. they usually you'll eventually see them hit on something. Right. Because they they have that passion, have that, and that passion. drive right. to, yeah. to go and and turn when you have to turn. And in my that.
0: in my own company, and it's happened. There are some you know somebody will come to me and they have an idea, and I can tell they're passionate about it. And um, I'll say, OK, let's do it. And you know, I'll, I'll put them in charge of it. I'll resource them. I'll do all those kinds of things, right? Mm-hmm. And um, what's interesting is that's happened a couple of times already, and they've turned it to entirely different business lanes.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Right? Yeah.
0: You know? Um, yeah. So I talk about we do technology acceleration, but we're teaching courses you know, in leadership and in wargaming and other things that, that people are, because I had some people who are really passionate about education. You know, oh, cool. and um, and it became a whole different business line, right? Yeah. You know, I've got some people who are really passionate right now on um, on bringing capital to you know, like private capital to what we're doing, and I think that's going to turn into you know a big you know private you know where where some private capital will get brought to our you know to the companies we're working with, you know. Right and so there's um you know it's and it's just you know different people bring you passionate ideas yeah. and sometimes i find out hey this is one i want to be involved in because i got somebody who's really passionate about right. this. yeah you know? definitely creating so,
1: opportunities for you know, the people within your organization you know is key you want to retain them right that'll that'll do it because yeah. they feel appreciated and that's something they want to do well hey we're at time and gerald great. thank you this has been great we want all of the veteran owned we, we want people to know that if you're a veteran and you want to launch a business in Northwest Louisiana, we got a lot to offer. We got a lot to offer. Of yeah. We got a lot of land, we got a lot of opportunity. There's opportunity yeah. there. There is. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Matt, Thanks thank you. That it was great. Thank <laughs> Very you. Good.